Any yeah. any big summer plans? Yeah. Um, heading to England. Nice. Newcastle. Yeah. My kids' soccer team, they're going to play there for a week, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. We're going straight, flying straight into Newcastle, playing their junior Premier League team, and um, and they've got training sessions and another tournament to play. Okay. That'll be neat. So the dad's get, was the whole family going? Whole family's going. Okay. Um, wife and oldest are coming home early to for high school stuff, high school sure. soccer stuff. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How are how are you when you go to a tournament like that? I mean, do you like itching to like in general? Yeah. It depends. I used to I used to I, I wouldn't say I was loud, but I used to bark when they were younger. Sure. Now they're getting to a point where they're better than I was. And they're young, even though they're young, I mean mm-hmm. they right. had the training and I'm just kinda like, all right. Every once in a while I'll be like, I'll say something, but I try to just stand on the corner. I don't like to be by other parents. Because right. a lot of the things that they say just make me mad. <laughs> so just right. go stand out in the corner. Yeah. Um, I was I found myself to be somewhat similar. I was a little more vocal when they were younger and yep. I realized, okay, talking to myself, you're you're or Cindy would tell me, you're being that guy now. Yeah. Yeah. And she's six. And you just told yeah. her like thirty <laughs> things and she didn't hear a single one of them. <laughs> right. And I'm like, got it. Yeah. Um, now that they're in high school or older. Um, they're at a different level. Like the coaches are actually coaching. It's not just a dad filling in. Paid to coach. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that guy for sure. There's a few people who still are doing that at yep. the high school level and it stands out. And people are like, yeah, dude, you need to sit down. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it gets embarrassing, but well, that should be happens. a cool trip, though. I mean, that's not yeah, just, yeah, yeah. hey, we're going to, to Louisville or St. Louis for a, a tournament. Yeah. That's legit. It's, it's, it's good. It's a whole week. Um, and apparently that's where they filmed some of the Harry Potter. Uh, castle oh, scenes and stuff, okay. so they're gonna take us through some of that. So okay. it'll be neat. Cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've got to. I've got to try not to be that dad. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't be. Yeah. Don't be. I've got young a, twins. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. What age? Uh, twenty-two months. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're a, in it. He's a youngin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they've they both like kicking a ball around. So yeah. I'm hoping they'll want to play soccer. Yeah, get my a golf twins club are in seventh grade now, so we're out of it. Okay. Good. So. I've got two examples that it does. You can survive it, so mm-hmm. that's good. That's true. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, some days it's doesn't seem survivable. No, no you'll be but, fine. Yeah. That first three three months was a hell I didn't want to see again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just different. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. No more diapers, but they go into high school. Uh huh. Then they go into college, and you just have to deal with different things. Everything else. Everything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a mess. Well, good luck. All right. Yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs> On that note, uh-huh, we'll roll yeah. in. Uh-huh. Is this thing on? All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Summits Podcast. Thank you all for joining us from wherever you get your podcasts. If you happen to be tuning in on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel, thank you for doing so. If you're there, absolutely free, doesn't cost you a single penny. Hit that little subscribe button, little notification bell, so you can be alerted when new episodes like this one drop. Like I said, it won't cost you a dime. We'd greatly appreciate it. Help us out. So help us help you. <laughs> All right, today we've got special guest, Dr. Ted Brower, Teddy B. Welcome to the Summit Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're yeah. welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, why don't you give everybody a little background and history on yourself? Oh, sure. Uh, born, uh, pretty much born and raised in Indiana. Moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, went to North Central High School. 
then straight into Indiana University. Um, and then from there, I didn't take a break like quite a few uh, dental school classmates did. I just rolled straight on through uh, right into dental school. Did my four years there and came out, worked for a practice for two years, and then bought in uh, bought in with a partner and have been with them ever since. Nice. Yeah. So we're uh, – actually, I take it back. So now I'm on my own. Back, uh, since 2015, I bought them out, and so I've been on my own for the last eight years. Okay. Was that kind of a natural transition yeah. Kind of thing? Yeah, we built a building to together, um, and he kind of was transitioning into doing – sleep apnea and okay done with dentistry so i just ran the practice by myself yeah, yeah. i've noticed that seems to be a trend and, sure you, know, you move to sleep apnea in the dentistry world there's a, a good it's, family friend of ours that has kind of done the the same thing it's nice yeah. um from from their standpoint if they want to keep working it's it, well it's a it's a service that's needed anyway yeah. but it's uh it, it's something to where you're not quite as hands-on okay um which is a, a good way to transition out yeah yeah was he older or about the, okay? Yep. All right. Yep. 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 That works. Um, when you went to dental school, did you go to IU Dental School or somewhere else? Went to IU Dental IU, School. Okay. It was in downtown. Downtown Here in Indy. Indy. Yeah. Okay. okay. They don't have one in Bloomington. If they did, I'm not okay. so sure I would have graduated, gotten out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if if it's like medical school where like the first two years could be multiple any IU locations, campus, and then everyone's back in Indy for the second two years. Just one. Just one. Just okay. one location. About how many students per class? Would you about a hundred. Okay. On average. It's not too big. No, it's not. It's not bad. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, there were, there was all age ranges, all walks of life, all different um, different backgrounds as far as majors. You know, I walk in there thinking everybody's got a science background. And right. the guy next to me is like, oh, no, I was in psychology. Oh, no, I did English. Kind of threw me off a little bit. Right. Um, what was your undergrad major? It, biology. Okay. BS biology uh, and then a little chemistry. But then uh, a couple other guys – Full families, thirty years old. Another guy was uh, was from overseas. It was a, was a previous physician. Came here, license okay. didn't transfer, so he went the dental route. So oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool. Kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. Um. What? At what point did you say I want to be a dentist, and what was it that was that that trigger? It's interesting. Uh, interesting story, actually. So I went to IU thinking I wanted to get into medicine. Uh, actually, when I was younger, my grandfather told me, "Hey." whatever you want to do when you grow up, just make sure you're going to be needed. Right. So I thought medicine, you know, the play, the game of life. That's the one that sure. made the most money. You know, you're, yeah. old, you're, spending, <laughs> you're like, Hey, I'm a doctor. Um, so I thought that was the route I was going to go. A neighbor was, a um, was a, a sports med doc. So I kind of surrounded by it and wanted to go that route. When I was at IU, a fraternity brother of mine, his father was a physician and he said, why, why do you want to be a physician? And I said, well, to get to know patients, help them, take care of them, take care of their families. And he, he kind of cut me off and he said, you're, you're talking about the old school family doctor. That's not a thing really anymore. You're actually describing a dentist to a T. And I thought, well, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so that, that at least got the wheel spinning. Um, and the more I looked into that, I took it all the way back to when I was uh, in elementary school and playing at recess Took a, uh, I think it was playing soccer at recess. Took a shot to the face, chipped a tooth directly in half. Thought I committed suicide, like social suicide as a little kid. You're like, man, you're going to be that kid getting made fun of with like a sharp tooth. Right. Um, and uh, went to the dentist and he fixed me up and it was like nothing ever happened. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty good guy. Nice guy. That might be a good, good field to get into too. So a lot of different avenues kind of led that way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it came down to it, the dental dental rod just felt right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And now, how many years you been in? Twenty. Twenty years. Twenty years in. Yeah. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. That's that's Thanks. awesome. Yeah. Would you? Ch- <clears throat> okay. So I mean, we're both around the same age. Um, would you do anything differently? 20, 20 year or younger Ted sitting in front of you. Hey buddy. That's a good question. I, I don't know that I would simply because what I went through to get there kind of led me to, to practice the way I want to practice. Um, you know, for the first two years that I was out, I saw, I saw a different type of practice and I was like, okay, yeah, I want to copy these. I want to copy these, but I don't want to do this. You know? So it was just, I don't think so. And you're in a position where you have the flexibility to make that decision. Correct. You can say, hey, that's just not a path I want to do, and mm-hmm. so be it. Right. Uh, business-wise, I mean, we both are part of business, and um, you own the building. Yep. Key. Yep. Very good. That was the other. That that would have been something had, had we not decided to do that early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, my partner, when I bought in as a, as a group, he had been leasing for 35 years. And we kind of did the calculation about how much money he was throwing away at that and getting nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Right. It was, you know, his guidance to where, where I looked at him and said, okay, hey, let's, so let's try to own this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, good job. That, was, that works well. Um, we, you and I have talked before. So for those that are listening or watching, um, Ted and I have known each other for probably, gosh, 15-ish probably years, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, we were 15 at the time, uh, or I was, <laughs> right? Which makes you even younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Now we're going, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, I was I'm not, I was not a math major, obviously. Um, we've talked about you got you guys, your you and your wife, your family have been involved with the Heroes Foundation in some capacity for probably the last at least 10. I'm going to guess, if not more. Sure. Um, so we've had these conversations. Um, but why don't you? Some people might say, "Well, a dentist. What what does a dentist have to do with cancer?" Um, and we'll get into the cancer story, but what, uh, from a, from a dental perspective, what do you witness, um, in the world of, of cancer? Sure. Uh, well, just on a, on a daily basis, uh, I do a cancer screening on every single patient that comes through. Um, it's something that I have always done. I know there are a lot of dentists out there that incorporated either late in their careers or, or maybe still aren't doing it and mm-hmm. need to. Uh, but it's just, it's just if you look at what do people, I guess, what do the general population, who do you go see first, right? You're going to go to your dentist twice a year. You should go to your doctor at least once a year, but a lot of people don't unless they have problems. Right, yeah. Well, why can't I be that first line of defense, right? So when we look at certain things, I'm not just looking at teeth, okay? We're looking at everything else. Um, but then a cancer screening along with it, uh, while it may be a year and I don't find anything great, you mm-hmm. know, we get patients that say, have, have you ever found anything or did you find something last week? No, I don't want to. Um, yeah. but if we see something that's off, right. By all means, we're going to report so it. And what does that screening consist of? Sure. So, uh, the high risk sites are going to be the thyroid. Okay. Um, so we do a, do an actual physical feel along the neck, the lymph nodes, um, and then just a visual screening, uh, all tissues of the mouth. Um, but the high-risk sites are going to be sides of the tongue, floor of the mouth, soft palate, 
Um, so those are the ones that, that we look for just any irregularities. It could be, it could be just an irregular white patch that doesn't hurt anybody. It could be an ulcerated lesion, um, or it could be a small mass that's growing. So, I mean, there, there are things to where you're not gonna be able to look and see that in your own mouth. I mean, you're, yeah. Yeah. you know, I grab somebody's tongue and I pull it to the side. Hey, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> I'm looking under your tongue. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and, and just because there's something different doesn't mean, oh, you've got cancer. We're not going to scare you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something to make note of if we see it two weeks later. All right, go get work. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, what about, and I'm sure it's part of the screening, I would think, but when you talk to people from an educational perspective, mm-hmm. what are some things that you're trying to guide them on or um, educate them on in terms of, you know, cancer avoidance or just general I guess better hygiene. Yeah. More so. I, well, correct me if I'm uh, going the right direction here, but it, it's it's more about just being aware mm. and, and not blowing it off. I mean, just like in, anybody, you know, ah, this kind of hurts. I'm going to leave it alone. Um, it'll go away, mm-hmm. right? So if you see something on your on your tongue and it hasn't gone away in, in in a week, two weeks, hasn't changed, getting bigger, getting worse, it, it's it's awareness more than anything. Um, little sidebar. At the time, I giggled until I realized that, you know, this person really needed to take care of it. I was kind of taken aback by it, but had a girl come in and did my oral cancer screening, and I felt a mass right, like right on her throat, classic location for either just a, just a goiter, you know, just a, just a growth on the mm-hmm. thyroid or thyroid cancer. You know, it's something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I said, hey, how long has this been there? She goes, oh, I don't know, a couple of years, my boyfriend and I just call it my Adam's apple. And I just, I just stopped. That's your look right there. Right. I just Couple stopped. Of years. Yeah, I just stopped and stared at her. I was like, okay, you need to go get that looked at. Yeah. Well, normally I get a report. You know, I give her the referral to to the oral surgeon and an ENT. Get them both just in case you know she doesn't want to go one route or the other. I normally get a report about a week later that they saw her or here was the findings or here's a biopsy report. Three plus weeks later, had nothing. So I thought, eh, let's see. So I had my front desk call. They called her and she said she didn't go in because the people I gave her weren't in her network. And that's when I was just like, okay, this is this is crazy. We're talking about potentially what could this be, right? Yeah. right? yeah. Luckily, it was just a, just a mask that she had removed and everything was fine. But going back to your original question comment, you know, what, what, what advice or what, what to look out for is it's not going to go away necessarily. Right. I mean, especially if we tell you to get it looked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The the don't smoke campaign has been going on for sure decades, let's say, and most people affiliate that with lung cancer. Yep. Um, we both went to IU. You went to Purdue. We probably all had friends, fraternity brothers, whatever that that dipped like all four years, and yeah. some of them, for all we know, may still do it. Yep. Um, what are I mean, I'm going to say the obvious, or you might say the obvious, but like that you shouldn't do that. And what, what are the reasons why? Yeah. Um, well, the, the three biggest causes that we know about, at least for oral cancer risk, is alcohol consumption, tobacco use, whether it's dip, smoke, um, and then also HPV, um, the, uh, the um, uh, human papillomavirus. Papilloma so... Yeah. Okay. Well, what what could be the issue? Well, anytime there's going to be something that could cause cellular change, like dip, they put it in the same spot every single time. When I do a cancer screening, hey, do you smoke with tobacco? No. 
<laughs> really? What's all this white little rib thing I see in your bottom lip? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so if it's changing physically in the mouth and I can see it, there's potential for permanent change. Right. Which is the scary part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if that individual is using smokeless tobacco and actually doesn't spit it out in a cup, but ingests it, which aside from the disgust factor, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but it is. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like SK esophageal, possibly abdominal issues. Chronically. Yes. Um, if, if it's a, if it's a, You'd have to think just, yes, because of the constant irritation mm-hmm. going down the throat. I don't know about the esophageal risk going in there. I mean, it, the stomach's just a acidic pool anyway. Um, but, yeah, going down going down that tissue for sure. Yeah. Um, along with other health factors, though, like you mentioned. I mean, that's, right. that's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... I it, can't even say yeah just get rid just spit it out because it just it just goes against what you think just don't do it right yeah yeah um now you know what does that mean long term i don't know sure i don't know yeah because there are some people who there's there's got to be other factors and there's genetics or some other things that play into it because there's some people who we know who smoke drink all day every day and they don't have oral cancer mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And a lot of other health issues um, but they don't have that. So it's right. And then those who maybe don't do much of that at all. Correct. And yep. unfortunately win the lottery that they didn't want to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, which that. which is kind of what we were talking about earlier is those are the three risk factors. But what we're finding is we are getting a lot more oral cancer diagnoses in people who have not had any of those risk factors. And they don't think they're at risk. And sometimes they may say, ah, you don't need to look or you don't need to look that hard. I don't I don't have any risk factors. Well, that's the problem. Yeah. It's it's showing up with an unknown, they call it unknown etiology. You don't know where it came from or why it's there. Okay. Um so you just answered my, my the one question you're probably gonna ask that Sam it's me, like, what's what's the deal? Like what's yeah. causing yeah. I mean <clears throat> yeah, like when, what what has what's the timeline on when that kind of started to take notice that this was happening without these risks. Has it been within the last year, last five years? I think it's it's been going on for a while. Uh, it's been ramping up slowly. So something I read recently, it said uh, each year, 3% of all cancers that are diagnosed mm-hmm. are oral cancer, which is about 50,000 plus. Wow. Um, I don't know where that ranks among all cancers, but that's got to be up there. Yeah. So that... That got the wheels turning. Okay, what is it? Yep. Is it the fact that maybe now more dentists and everybody else are actually looking for it? Right. Yeah. And if we are actually looking for it more, is that the primary cause or did it come from somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one of the other types of oral cancer that we see on an x-ray would be a type of uh, sarcoma, like an osteosarcoma. So something else, some okay. kind of some kind of radiolucency that we will see in the bone. So something in there. And Those that- are typically secondary. Okay, okay, I was just going to ask, is that the origination point or is it coming from somewhere else? Those are typically secondary, okay. but there's been a lot of them to where it, it could be just the only one. Yeah. So I know you obviously mentioned tobacco and, and um, you know, dip and mm-hmm. things like that. What about 
you know, I think sometimes vape gets put into a conversation of like, oh, it's a little bit different or whatever. Yeah. Is similar risk factors? Sure. Sure. It's going to be, it's going to be whatever's going to change the oral environment. Okay. Um, and, it, and the carcinogen factor of anything is going to be a part of that, but also the, the dryness, the heat, um, those, those are going to be things that play a factor mm-hmm. for sure. As, is there more um, focus now, either whether from research or funding, trying to identify why there's this uptick? Or is it just more of, uh, like, obviously, you know, similar, or, or we have conferences and things that we go to. Like, sure. I'm sure there are different dental conferences. Like, I don't, I don't know. Topic I don't know. Of conversation I don't, yeah. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the oral health and, and, um, you know, just just that whole community. There's a research community, the pathology community. I mean, they they go after these things okay. all the time. So, th- I mean, yes, yeah, sure. I, I don't yeah. know. I don't have anything specific yep. that would say that, but but I would have no doubt. Yeah, um, because and, it's a scary thing. Yeah, um, yeah. we've seen seen the the negative side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, once a diagnosis is made, to see something so small as I don't want to say small because no no cancer is a small cancer, but Thyroid cancer is treatable. It's there. You remove the lesion. You remove the thyroid. You're on meds. Typically, you're going to be okay. Um, but you still have to worry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the others to where if if it's something that wasn't caught in time, if it was uh, you're taking half your tongue off, you're taking half your jaw off, if, it's, if it is indeed a sarcoma, half the bone has to go. And I've actually seen a couple people where it's they don't know if they're ever going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or the story of the girl, granted, fortunately for her, it turned out to be nothing but with the lump. Mm-hmm. And it had been something that just forgotten about over time. And it, that just allows it to grow and spread. Right. And it could have been something that was super treatable originally if it caught early. Right. And now not so much. Metastasized mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yep. And, <clears throat> right. What about environmental factors um, to include, which I don't, it's probably not an environmental factor, but um, foods that they're eating now? Could that, can that play a role at all? Uh, none. I mean, I don't know that there's a specific diet that I could say you have to stay away from. Right. Um, that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to think the FDA is doing their job to keep people away from certain things there at least. Right. Um, and certainly not one I'm going to sit here and say and then have people come back and, <laughs> right, and say, hey, he said. Right. <laughs> Load up the comments, yeah. guys, yeah. on that one. Yeah. yeah. He told me not to eat this. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, Ted, you know the story, how we go on these uh, episodes. What uh, What is your cancer story? Well, a, specific, a couple specific cancer stories. Uh, one personal within the family. Um, well, actually, a couple specific within the family. But prior to to us having, a, um, having an affinity and getting, getting involved with you guys, um, my wife's uncle actually had oral oral cancer. He had a, a squamous cell carcinoma in his throat, which uh, that is not an easy one to get to. Um, surgery is definitely an option, which he had. Uh, but then watching, and I was a dentist at the time, so he asked asked me a lot of questions. You know, what do you, what do you do? What do you go through? Mm-hmm. Well, but actually speaking with him, talking about what he he was dealing with on a daily basis. Um, the treatments and then the post-op care uh, that I tried to help him get through, it was something. So surgery was number one. Um, 
and direct radiation. And that was the, that was the tough one to hear. I mean, I always knew about it, but the, but the focused radiation, he showed me a mask that he had to put on and then the direct radiation, what it did to the, to the skin, what it did to the muscles um, and everything from that aspect. Well, then afterwards, that type of radiation obliterates the salivary glands. So what a lot of people don't realize is saliva not only just lets you spit um, and helps you with digestion, but it helps you with taste. Hmm. He used to love beer. You know, he used to love having a steak or a piece of pizza. He used to love red wine. All that just tasted the same to him, and it, uh, his, the red wine would burn his tongue. So the acidity of certain foods, he just couldn't have it. Didn't like it, didn't want yeah. it. Um, and then the lack of saliva can wreak havoc on your teeth uh, because it doesn't help the environment get back to a basic, a basic environment after having something acidic to eat. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. So then, so then you get, uh, so then you can get ca- uh, decay pretty easily. Um, it just changed, changed the way he, he lived. Difficult to talk. He couldn't have a conversation without holding a bottle of water or, or something. So, so watching that was tough. Um, another one was actually a patient of mine. We briefly touched on this osteosarcoma. Um, I wasn't the one who diagnosed it, but she came to see me shortly after she had the initial treatment. And so I saw on the x-ray where, where the lesion was treated, um, which, you know, if I had not known that she had previously had it, uh, it would have raised some alarms. Well, we kept records of it and saw her back again and it looked like it was changing. So she went back to the surgeon, had to have another surgery. When she came back again, she could barely open her mouth because of all the muscles that they had to go through and basically dissect or excuse me, resect away. And it was just, it was leathery. She couldn't talk. She had trouble eating. The nicest person, most gracious person and, and grateful person just to, just to be with you. Um, came back, said she thought she was good. Didn't see her for a year. We reached out to somebody. She passed away. Oh, um, and that, that was just, you know, to, again, watch the progression. It's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the success story would be, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, who, uh, was recently diagnosed with colon cancer, uh, went through all the treatments. Obviously the, uh, the chemo wasn't great for him and, but, but he, uh, he, he got through it and so far so good. He's in the clear. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Early um, diagnosis on that one. Early diagnosis yeah, on that caught one. Caught it pretty quick. Yep. Okay. Good. Yep. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Um, age range on brother in law? Uh fifty probably fifty three fifty two, fifty three when it was okay. fifty two when it was diagnosed. Okay. Uh, probably yeah. Late early fifties when it was diagnosed. He's fifty two, fifty three now. Yeah. For some reason colon cancer is being diagnosed more often and in, and in, in younger and younger people. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's kind of kind of messed up yeah yeah um well i'm glad i'm glad he's in remission now yeah i hope hope that continues for sure yeah he's doing well good um occasionally we ask some guests do you have any questions for us (laughs) well yeah uh Uh oh (laughs) normally people say no (laughs) yeah yeah buddy i got a question for you i guess uh when was the last time you flossed yeah right (laughs) no what what level what level did you I get what level of knowledge did either one of you have about oral cancer coming in? I know you, you probably just in general having the yeah minimal really, yeah. yeah. I mean, heard of it. I feel like I've heard of it less than um, than others. But as when 
when I have heard that someone has either had oral cancer or has it, it's always one of those ones like, oh man, that is just, not that any cancer is not bad, but that one just isn't one that comes to my head often of like something that's there. Sure. And like you said, the the same thing about taste and everything else that goes along with it Mm -hmm. that um, you could lose or have to, you know, live with afterward is. Sure. It just always seems worse for some reason. I don't know why. I would I'm the same way. I mean, you would think I might have a little bit more elevated knowledge just living in this world more the last 20 plus years. Um, but to Daniel's point, oral cancers aren't much of a topic of conversation. It's usually some other variation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly know a couple people who have had a type of oral cancer. So a girl I went to high school with, and this is back, I think we we're out of high school, but not, not by much, or maybe it was senior year. Um, and she had a, I can't remember what, what specific type of cancer it was, but somewhere in the back of her throat or, or on the tongue or the side of the tongue and had to have some surgery done. Um, and that was a challenge for her for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the long-term side effects are for her. She may still have some, I, I may, she may not, I don't, I don't know. Um, but to your point, depending on where it is and what it is, I have seen other folks with yeah part of their jaw missing or some other irregularity where, yes, fortunately they're still with us and yeah. they can live, but it's a challenge both emotionally mm-hmm. and and physically, depending on what, what's affected. Sure. What, um, what has been one of the things, obviously you've been part of Heroes or involved for a while, what's been one of their, their standout moments of being a part of it? Oh. Hmm. I feel like there's a, there's a story there that... Well, there, I, there could I, be. I, I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm sure there's a story there. Number one, I don't know if it can be told on air. Number two, yeah. you know, take your pick. Which which gala? You know, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you one of the standout moments, and it was one of the, one of the first uh, galas that we went to. Um, um, were you? Were you? Was it? Was was it Stuart Scott? Yeah. Was that the one mm-hmm. where you were wearing the candy striped pants? Yes. Yeah. That that one. I love that one. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I don't remember if that was the same year that Feldman split his pants or not. I think I thought that you might go that route. <laughs> I, I like to bring that one up. But you know, I bet yeah. he loves it when you bring that yeah. one up too. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're, as I think he says, "Hey, if you're not dancing hard enough to split your pants, and you're you're not dancing hard, yeah, enough. right, fair, yeah. fair. That's a good point. I'm like, okay, yeah. I guess at least have a, at least there's the potential. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> good deal. All right, Teddy. Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming on and and sharing Glad your experiences. Um, we appreciate your support. Mm-hmm. You guys have been great for us. I uh, appreciate carrying that word. If there's anything we can do to assist your practice in educating your patients on things to not do, things to look out for, let us know. We'd be happy to be happy to be involved somehow. Appreciate yeah. that. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank all you guys for listening to this episode of the Summits Podcast from wherever you get your podcasts or if you're watching us on the Heroes Foundation YouTube channel. Thank you for doing so. We appreciate it. And until next time, guys, beat cancer. <laughs>